Hi, and welcome to PointCast. Thank you so much for being with us in studio today. We have Adam Johnson, a college student, um, and we're very happy to have you in studio with us to talk about what's important to you and perhaps your peers. Thank you. Uh, Adam, if you could, before we go too much farther, please let us know a little bit more about you. Uh, my name is Adam Johnson. I uh, currently reside in Hammond, Indiana. It's a suburb of Chicago, literally right next to it. I go to college up there at uh, Purdue University Northwest, and I am a communication major. It is my sophomore year. It's your sophomore year. Okay, so you have a couple more years before you have to go out into the work world. Now, do you mind if I ask how old you are? I'm 20 years old. You're 20 years old. Okay, well, now you are going to be looking uh, straight into the presidential election coming up next year. Is this something that's on your radar? Yes, ma'am. So is why is this on your radar? Why is this something that might be important to you? The face of one of the most powerful countries to ever exist and I have the chance to vote for it. Why wouldn't it be on my radar? Okay, so there are a lot of, of topics of debate. I want to learn more about what issues particularly move you and what you're going to be looking for uh, with this upcoming election. Uh, what are some of the issues that move you or some of the issues that you're going to be taking on your heart with you to the polls? There's a few, but the top three I, in my scenario, maybe four, Racism, climate change, national debt, and student loans. Okay. So let's talk about student loans. Let's start with the last on your list. What about student loans do you need to hear from those people running for uh, the highest office in the land? Well, I haven't done too much research when it comes to student loans from our candidates like uh, Yang or uh, Warren or uh, our wonderful president. But I want to see if they actually have a plan. I want to see if they have a history of uh, putting in key sound, that's the key word, sound economically plans to fix uh, the student loan debt, to help alleviate it. Mm -hmm. Because it is in the billions, I believe. Mm -hmm. And is, is this something that you're going to have to be dealing with? Yes. Okay, so... Is this something that, do you have a plan for how you're going to address it and as you come out of college? Well, I have six months uh, after I graduate to, uh, until I have to pay it off. So I'm already looking into internships right now. I am, uh, so I can graduate hopefully with a job lined up. Mm -hmm. If I can't mm -hmm. get a job lined up, I'll just have to end up taking whatever I can get. That's mm -hmm. The situation for most people my age right 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 and uh so i get this is personal for you are your peers is this something that's uh that concerns people in your your age group at your college it concerns people yes truth be told i don't i don't know anyone who doesn't worry about student loan debt i personally know a woman who is uh on her third year and has 50k in student loan debt already wow that's a lot of that's a lot of debt that's not unheard of. I know I know a guy who's uh, going to be 31 this year, has over 100000 in student loan debt. But granted, he has a couple degrees now, but the point still stands. point still stands. Okay, so you're looking for elected officials who can address students. So what are you expecting them to do? You want them to pay the debt? Why not just not take out loans? 
and not go to college. It, it was kind of drilled into my head and the millennials' head and the Gen Xers' heads a little bit too that if you want to succeed in life, you have to go to college. Blue collar, that's what the plebes. My son, my daughter is a winner. And winners, if you want to be a winner, you go to college. If you want to stay a winner, you go to college. Just do what ever you want just major in whatever you want and you'll be fine well we learned my generation learned that that is not the case more more so than uh, the older generations mm-hmm. but we also realize that we have to take out the student loans if we want to be able to afford college because it's obscenely expensive right now Mm-hmm. My grandfather uh, used to push me to go to Notre Dame, to go to Harvard, to apply for Yale. I laid out the prices for tuition for one year. Mm-hmm. He never bothered me about them again. <laughs> uh, the cheapest one, Notre Dame, I believe, was 52000 a year. Wow. Wow. So coming from where you're coming from, you would have had to take out that $52,000 in student loans just to afford to go there. I would have had to apply for many scholarships. I would have had to work for in like two or three jobs in college. In fact, I actually know know people who work two or three jo- jobs in college while on scholarships, while on taking out loans and financial aid. And, but when you make that choice, so you, what you're what are you asking the politicians to do? You want them to take away the debt? What it what exactly? Because if you take out a debt, just like if somebody takes out a mortgage. It's your responsibility to pay it off, right? right? So what is it that you want elected officials to do, pay your debt? No, it's ultimately up to us to pay the debt, but I wouldn't mind personally uh, seeing forgiveness, more forgiveness programs, more breaks, because it is much harder to find a job than it used to be. And six months often isn't enough to find a decent job rent is more mortgages is more than it used to be like per se in the 90s mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, health care is obscenely high i uh, was in the hospital last year and for i was only there for five days it cost me somewhere between 20 and thirty thousand dollars Okay, so you have that to contend with as well. Right. Right, right. You also mentioned, we're going to shift gears a little bit, so student debt is one of the issues that you would be looking at, but you also mentioned, um, was it racism? Yes. So racism, that's a big topic. What is it that um, about racism in particular that you want to have addressed? Well, I want it to end, but... I'm not naive to think that will ever happen in my lifetime, nor in my children's lifetime, or their great-grandchildren's lifetime. So what can politicians even do regarding racism? I would like them to take it more seriously, for one. Mm -hmm. I would like them to check their own biases. Hillary Clinton is seen as a very big power in the Democratic Party, and yet even she's mentioned her black men are super predators speech back in the 90s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Donald Trump, I really don't think I need to go there too much when it comes to racist things he has done. Mm-hmm. What has he done that sticks with you, sticks in your craw? 
We will build a wall and we will make the Mexicans pay for it. Yes, I think that's one of the bigger ones. Not to mention that many of his African-American employees in the past have said that he has been racist. Well, why do you think so many people of color and, and um, or minorities work for him? Money. They have to pay bills, too. But where are your ethics then? I mean, for that type of job. Was to say that they knew that he was racist. We've all had bosses that we that seemed nice, but then we started working for them and they revealed the true colors. But we stuck with the job for one reason or another. Most of them having to do with not wanting to be homeless, I imagine. So a lot of people, when they talk about racism, they say that a good place to start is with uh, racial reparations, um, reparations specifically to the descendants of uh, black slaves. How do you feel about that? I would like to see it done. One of the politicians was, one of the candidates was recently asked and she said, uh, what defines an African-American? My response to her and to her question slash answer is a person in America who is descended from slaves, African-American slaves, who identifies as black, and can trace their lineage back to the slave days. And that is something that the vast majority of African-Americans can do. Mm-hmm. Now, Bernie Sanders has been had seen a lot of support from people in your age group, college students, but he does not support reparations. Would you vote for Bernie Sanders? Yeah. So you that doesn't wouldn't keep you from voting for him? It's something I want, but only the politicians who have suggested it, the plan seemed to be a bit lacking. Lacking in what way? Well, one of the politicians said that she would pay out a certain amount of money, which is great. Well, not her personally, but she would try to give reparations for that certain amount of money, which is great, until you realize that once once you do the math, it's only about $100 per black person in America. Well, that's <laughs> that's not good. Um, you know, we've we've uh, introduced bills of reparations for other groups. So why do you think it's so difficult for people to wrap their minds around reparations for Black people? Racism. 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 It's if other groups can get reparations for things that they've done and and being honest not really getting as much as they should, but reparations nonetheless. Why shouldn't we? We've been sl- we've been in this country unwillingly for 400 years. We have been enslaved. We've been raped. We've been murdered. We're continuously denied our rights. When people see us killed by cops, the first question is, what did he do to deserve it? Not, why did this cop kill him? Hmm. Do you think reparations is going to solve all of that? No, but it will help. It will help to even the odds. So what if someone introduced a bill that allowed all African-Americans to go to college for free? Would that be reparations in your mind? It would be. It would put us on more of an even, even ground. Mm-hmm. Caucasian people, white Americans in this country, financially speaking, they're doing much better than African-Americans. And even though they might say that it has nothing to do with slavery, they had a better start. They, Their ancestors weren't barred from jobs the way my ancestors were. 
Their ancestors weren't barred from properties the way my ancestors were. Not in this country, not the way my ancestors were. Mm-hmm. So it's about leveling the playing field. Yes. Okay. And you mentioned two other issues. Yes. Right. So refresh my memory a bit. What is a, another issue that you will take on your heart going to the polls? Climate change. Climate change. That's very popular right now. <clears throat> but a lot of people don't know what that is. So some people say that climate change is a cyclical. Climate is always changing and will continue to evolve the way the world will. And and that's just the way that it goes. And we are hypersensitive and are trying to turn this into a political issue when it's really not. Um, so what is climate change to you? Well, I, first off, I would like to say that they are right about a few things. First off, climate change is not a political issue. It's a world issue. It's a humanity issue. And I actually find it kind of funny that the main ones uh, opposed to it are the ones who won't be affected by it. Well, if it's climate and it's in everywhere, wouldn't it affect everyone? The main effects are yet to come. Such as? Uh, the temperatures rising, like the ice caps are already melting. Polar bears um, have been migrating south to Canada, um, which is especially troublesome since they don't have the hardened fear that their southern cousins have. So what does that mean, though, for people here in Indiana? I mean, that seems those concepts seem so far away. What does that mean for my everyday life? When I catch the bus, I go to work, I do my job, I come home, I pay my bills, I want to watch a little TV or something on Netflix. I mean, does that? how does that matter? True, and it probably won't affect you. Chances are, if you're an older person in America, you'll probably be dead when the main affects it. But let me ask you this. If you have empathy for your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, do you really want to live them to live in the world that I'm about to describe next? Where are where are all of the major cities in the world in America, or in America to be specific? A lot of them are on the east and west coasts. Coast, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like New York, it's on right by the ocean, right? Mm-hmm. Miami, mm-hmm. D.C., L.A., Seattle, San Francisco, Portland, Boston. So, what what is the significance of that? If the sea levels raise to bigger levels, what happens to all those cities? Well, that's been something that people have been guessing was going to happen in the 70s, the 80s, and 90s. California was already supposed to be underwater, and it hasn't happened. Right, but that doesn't mean it won't happen. But with that already, you know, people were preparing for that and moving inward and all of that. There hasn't, perhaps we have to look at this a different way, or is there another way to look at this, in your opinion? It's an issue regardless, and policies involve cleaning up Earth. Why is less pollution in the country a bad thing? The coal jobs, yes, that's sad for the coal miners, but we've known for a long time that the coal jobs were going away. We've known since the 60s, I believe, Mm -hmm. that the coal jobs were going away. This is not new information. If they believe that's new information, then sorry to say, but that says a lot more about them than everyone else. People did not mourn uh, the guys who made carriages when cars were invented. They just drove the cars. Progress is made by sacrificing a few things, and programs have been put in place to train them. Obama had put in place a lot of programs to train coal miners. 
many of them refuse to take it. That's not on the country. That's on them. So that that's not the politicians, though. If you're saying that Obama did something that you agree with, but the people rejected it because it it probably sounds like it went against a lifestyle that they were familiar with, then what can politicians really do? You can't make people change their lifestyle. This is a country of freedoms. You're right. So at climate change, I think the reason why it's rubbing some people, even people who want to have you know less pollution in our country, in our world, the reason why it causes some people to pause is because of potential restrictions on how they want to live. Right, but we all make small sacrifices. What's considered small? What's considered small for you? All right, uh, let's say taxes. We all hate paying taxes. In fact, I'm going to pay taxes as soon as I uh, get back to Hammond. Mm -hmm. Does anyone actually like paying taxes? Does anyone actually like uh, dreading whether it's going to be a refund or a return? (laughs) Does anyone like uh, the IRS... uh, coming at their door or sending letters? No one I know. Right. But we all put up with it. Why? Because taxes are how we fund our country. They're how we fund our schools. They're how we fund our military. They're how we pay our politicians. (laughs) So. Although I'm not sure if that last one's a good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, but again, taxes, nobody, like you said, nobody wants to pay them. So adding another thing that people don't want to do is going to feel less free and more restrictive. Right, so the pro, the pros have to outweigh the cons, and they have to be shown so all everyone can agree that, yeah, we need to jump on this. But wouldn't it be more... Um wouldn't it be more advantageous to just go to some place like Flint, Michigan and change out all the pipes and, and get clean water in? Wouldn't it be better to go to Puerto Rico and Alabama and make sure that these people have clean water and plumbing and irrigation so that they can get their lives back? Wouldn't it be, I mean, there's so many other things that can be done as far as pollution is concerned, as far as clean water is concerned. Right. And, and I'm but it, it, now climate change is bigger than that because it talks about, you know, the intensity of the uh, the winters and the summers, right? So Right. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't do that. The coal mining one was just an example I put out. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do believe that uh, Flint's water needs to be better and not just Flint. East Chicago and good old Indiana has a huge lead problem. Most cities do. Uh, Cleveland, for example. A lot of a lot of houses in Chicago has that problem. Mm-hmm. Mostly the older houses when they were built when lead paint was still the rage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So pretty much most of the old cities are going to have that problem to an extent. Okay, okay. So when you go to the polls and you have climate change in your mind, what would someone have had to have said to get your attention enough to vote for them? Well... I want to make one thing clear. We can't stop climate change. It's going to happen. We've reached the point of no return a long time ago. What I want to see in a politician that I vote for is what are you going to do to slow it down, to help hinder it, to help minimize the effects for this country? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And let's call this a nationalistic, this might sound. I'm, I care less about the other countries and more about my country because I'm living it. My family is living in it. My friends, for the most part, are living in this country. 
Okay. Okay. All right. So they're going to have to do something to stem the tide of change for you. And you brought up something interesting. Have uh, you brought up a, a situation where people put pulled like when you were talking about racism, someone being pulled over by the police and getting shot? Yes. Um, and there's been a, a lot of a lot of talk, obviously, around police action shootings, shootings in general, shootings at school, shootings in other countries, uh, race related shootings, the just uh, shooting, shooting, shooting. How do you feel about gun control? It sounds great on paper, but we have more gun. But we have at least one gun for every person in this country. This isn't a small country. And that, those are just the ones we know about, not the ones that are being made, not the things that were converted into guns, not the guns that are being smuggled in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing gun control. What does gun control mean to you? All right, I wouldn't mind seeing it more limited. Uh, some of the more um, more dangerous guns. What would be dangerous? I suppose that depends on who's as- who you're asking. Okay, okay. Well, a lot of people are specifically talk about when they talk about gun control banning assault weapons. Right. An assault weapons ban is basic. Some of them are military grade weapons. Right. And uh, but some people are gun enthusiasts and they love their guns and they want to be able to have that in their collection. I like guns as well. I like school children more. Okay. <laughs> but there, and and I said, but only for a reason. There's a lot of dangerous places in America. This, as far as first world nations go, isn't the safest it could be. Why do you think that is? I would say maybe racism is one. Redlining, ha- having all, putting a certain demographic of people into one or neighborhood and secluding them from the rest of society in a sense, Mm, making them desperate. Redlining is very interesting. There had been a lot of talk about um, how the extensive damage of redlining, we don't completely really understand what we've done uh, to our country and the effects of redlining. Um, Just to take our listeners back a little bit, redlining was a practice that was primarily done to make sure that, especially as um, the from 1920s to about the 1940s, 50s, as black people uh, in particular were migrating to northern cities, um, that they would be barred essentially from being able to get loans for mortgages in certain communities. And uh, it, it even you will even hear people, some celebrities during that time frame who had white people go in front for them so that they could buy the property that they wanted to buy um, without being rejected outright simply because they showed up and they they saw black people at the door. So redlining was, uh, and in some uh, communities went as far as creating covenants that a community could never allow a person of color to live in that community. And, And those covenants were grandfathered in for a long time um, in, in a lot of places around the country. Um, so it, it's done a lot to disenfranchise. And it's not, let me just be clear here, it's not just about having access to homes, pretty homes and communities. It was about having access to education because at that time, 
Uh, all education was community-based. All the children went to the schools in their neighborhood. And so those tax dollars stayed in the neighborhood. And we found that to be in this country to be a model that was very successful. And that's uh, something that even uh, as black people begin to migrate up here, realize was very successful and they wanted to be a part of it. And, and, and one of the other uh, problems that was um, that people point to is causing the downfall of public schools because the community education is no longer supported in the same way. Uh, so there are a lot of, of ills that have come from redlining um, that people are just really now starting to understand. Uh, but another is one that you hinted at, which was crime indicators, uh, forcing people um, into certain zip codes and disenfranchising those people, keeping them there for generation after generation and only limiting them to education and jobs in those areas. Right. Right. So a lot of those communities still exist. Uh, you know, you can drive to almost any uh, major city in Indianapolis and you drive into a neighborhood and you can immediately tell that it's a black neighborhood or a poor neighborhood or Hispanic neighborhood that's or poor white that's people. That's every major city, especially right. in the North. But the question is why? Why can we tell? Right. Do you think we have our the, the elected or the people running for office right now have the gravitas to be able to honestly address those types of inequities and um, address them in a way that would make a difference in the lives of those people who live in those communities? No. Why not? It's too politically charged. There's too many people who deny racism, who deny, that deny how it affects people, even if it's screaming right in front of their faces. So you're saying out of all of the candidates that you've seen, there's no one that's going to be honest enough to address these longstanding uh, issues that have negatively impacted the lives of everyday working people? There have been, and there will be if, the, if once they gain more prominence, um, but... Well, people only have two terms. Now, you mentioned that you would be willing to vote for Bernie Sanders. Yes. Do you think that he, uh, noting that he would not support uh, reparations, do you think that he has the capacity to address some of the issues and inequities in poor and minority communities? On that measure, no, I'm not completely sure on that. What would you need to hear from him or know about him that would make you feel sure? Bernie Sanders has done some questionable things when it has come to race-related acti activities. I would want to have those cleared up or redeemed in a sense. What has he done that has caused you to pause? Uh, just some controversies with uh, Black Lives Matter, so, so to speak. A lot of people saw it as uh, him taking over what was a black event. Mm -hmm. what, what, what specific situation are you speaking of? I don't remember the exact situation. I, w I would have to look at it again. But you and would I need to hear more about him. Yeah. I know that he has done some, but I can't name any off the top of my head. Okay. So you're not 100% sold on Bernie, right? I'm not 100% sold on anyone. Okay. Is there anyone who's leading the pack for you? Not at the moment. Is it possible that you would be willing to vote for our sitting president, President Trump? No. Under any circumstances? No. Uh, why, why is your no so strong? 
let me let me just go through the resume that I've heard. First of all, he has uh, he's sitting at, on top of a pretty decent economy. The unemployment rate is uh, among the lowest in history. Um, we don't have any international threats um, that you know that we're fearing at this time. Uh, he wants to further secure the country. Some people are very supportive of that. So what's wrong with that? Pointing out the economy and uh, the unemployment rate, those both started in Obama's uh, uh, when Obama was in office. What the turning of the economy? Yes, and the turning of unemployment. The economy got better under his watch, not Trump's. It started going down when Obama was in office, and it kept going down because Obama was in office, not because of Trump. Okay. Okay. Um, As for uh, other issues against them, um, I'm not sure how I feel about the guy who bragged about sexually assaulting women having him as president. I'm also not sure how I feel about someone as close to Russia, someone we're not exactly on good terms with uh, being our president. I'm not sure how I should feel about all again some of the racist some of the more homophobic some of the more more islamophobic some of the just plain bigoted things that he has done and said i'm not how am i supposed to feel about that as a black male that's a good question how do you feel angry angry that we have such it doesn't even shock me when our president does something stupid anymore you if Obama did half of the things that uh, Trump has done, he probably would have been impeached. If any president has done half the things that Trump has done, he will be impeached aside from, say, Andrew Jackson. So uh, how, why do you think he's still here then? I mean, you, you say this, but he's still in office. Hasn't in, his term hasn't ended yet. Yeah, we could impeach him. But um, how many presidents have actually been impeached compared to how many we've had? So this is that that's a good question but people I know can take a lot if they can be if they believe that the person that is tormenting them can deliver something they want. This president is sitting with a 90% approval rate by his base and his party. 90%. Yes, a base that's known consistently since the 60s for uh, more racist and conservative policies. Okay. And so, to you, he's a divisive figure. At best. At best. With him being this divisive, then how is it that so many people, including your, in your age group, voted for him? Most, many of those people voted for him, and I'm not going to say all, but many of those people voted for him because of his, um, because he's racist. I'm not going to show him because he's homophobic, because he's sexist, because he's a big Many of them listen to speeches about building a wall, about how all Mexicans, about Mexican, how Mexicans were uh, criminals and uh, rapists, how they threat MS-13 when in reality most people have barely even heard of them despite them being around since uh, the 90s, despite them being started in America, which is <laughs> funny. Okay. 
too many. A lot of people don't know that they're an American-based uh, crime group. But, uh, they got they got deported to El Salvador, mm-hmm. and the, one of the reasons why they were so brutal was because at the time their country was at uh, war, and uh, the other gangs, the black and Mexican gangs that were more well-established, uh, they bullied them not knowing what they were going against. Mm. They retaliated using what they learned in the war days, and the rest is history. Okay. Okay, I did not know that myself, actually. Um, so what else? Is there anything else that hits your heart or your mind when you think about um, not just Trump, but who you want to see in that office? Would you run for office someday? No. Why not? Too low paying, too many responsibilities, face of the world. Don't want, don't want to bother with it. Don't want to bother with it. But you want somebody else to? Yeah. Sounds like a 20-year-old to me. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate uh, you sharing your thoughts on what matters to you as you go to the polls. And um, we'll just have to look forward to next year's election to see how that turns out. But hopefully you'll be a part of that um, and and get out and vote where you are and uh, encourage your peers to do the same. All right. Thank you, man.